Daniel Levitin, a funny thing happened on the way to the 21st century. The plethora of information and the technologies that serve it changed the way we use our brains. And so with this idea that minds are inundated with information and becoming increasingly reliant on technology, it can be helpful for us to be able to take some of that brain power outside of our minds, but it can also be a downfall because we're just taking in that much more information on a daily basis. And our attention is, he says, the most essential function of any organism. Whoever said life is short wasn't trying hard enough. Welcome to Dead Set on Living, a lifestyle podcast that takes you off the beaten path of health and wellness and highlights unique ways to live a longer, stronger, and more fulfilling life. Now here's your badass host who invented the time machine, Lynn Bravo. Welcome to another episode of Dead Set on Living. I'm your host, Lynn Bravo. So today I thought we would talk about morning rituals. I have my own morning rituals and and, uh, I found that they've become a a real benefit to my life and my health and wellness. And uh, I decided that we should uh, have a discussion so that others can benefit from learning about the importance of morning rituals. So I have with me today Lily Markle and I was hoping that she could uh, broaden our understanding of what morning rituals entail and, and how they benefit us and even the science behind morning rituals and why they are so beneficial to our health and wellness. So welcome, Lily. Um, Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Sure. Thanks for having me, Lynn. I'm here to talk through some morning rituals just based on my humble experience of being someone in the wellness field and someone who's very passionate about living a healthy and holistic and balanced life and just kind of creating awareness around the day-to-day experiences we're having, the experiences that are a little heavy, not necessarily the joyful, light ones that we try to highlight most days. As I said, I work in wellness. I studied actually business and arts. So I started my portfolio career, you could say, in cultural management. So I went to the school of University of Waterloo, got a business and arts um, bachelor degree, and kind of immediately started working through their co-op program. I did every four months, actually, I did work, study, work, study every other four months and moved around quite a bit, got to experience just working in different cities. Shortly thereafter in my career, found my yoga practice and as a recovering ballet dancer, I needed some way, some form of healing for my probably too structured body, maybe overly disciplined mind, Going, having gone through that very disciplined structure of work and study for about five years. Yoga was was kind of the answer for me and, and brought me into a place of ease and deep awareness about the, the fluctuations of my mind and, and the experiences of my body. And that was also um, shortly after my father passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, where I found yoga and it brought me a lot of space to heal. I tend to be the kind of person that likes to hold space for others. And and I know you are as well. You're a very caring person and that can take a toll on, on the person who's holding that space. So, and then I moved to New York. I was able to, to kind of live and work in the States, lucky enough for me. And I, I found some good jobs and met my current husband and we lived in New York for several years, about six or seven years now. We just moved back to Canada, which we're so happy about being here. I found more joy after I did my yoga teacher training in New York. I found more joy from helping people just feel relief at their desks from stress or tension or chronic pain and decided to go after that to Bali to uh, to Southeast Asia where oh, I visited nice. my sister at the yeah. time. Yeah. And she was living in Singapore and we decided to do a, just a retreat, a yoga retreat. 
that was, I think, the the tipping point where I decided to go full full turn wellness mindset and just kind of be that hustler, teaching yoga classes, meditation classes. I worked at Lululemon for a while and got into the community there, bringing people together under this umbrella of just living well and was really inspired by the resources that were available and, um, yeah, just kind of explored all there was to know and try to understand the different forms of meditation. Time um, massage too, wasn't time it? Massage. You, took, you certified for that? Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. was in Bali. And then a year after that, I went to the Bahamas and got my integrative restoration certification in meditation. Wow. And have been pretty much every year or twice a year pursuing a new certification in under wellness. Today we were talking about morning rituals Mm -hmm. and uh, would you like to share, well, do you want to talk about the science behind it first or what, and then we can talk about what our respective morning rituals are. Basically what I'd like to talk about is the phenomenon of this frenetic energy and this, this crazy busyness Mm -hmm. that everyone seems to be talking through. When you ask someone how they're doing, they, they answer usually I'm busy, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's kind of the norm where there's a, there's a or pride. I'm too busy for exactly. that or this or that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or like a bragging sort of scenario where, where they're proud of being busy and, and it shows that we're, we're doing a lot for, for ourselves and for the planet. Yeah. So there's this, this whole, I'm going to read a quote. There's this amazing book that, uh, that I picked up recently called The Organized Mind. It's mm-hmm. by Daniel Levitin. Highly recommend and I'll let you borrow yes, it. I can't wait to read it. <laughs> yeah. He's a, a psychologist and, and has a background in neuroscience as well. So with the whole idea of, of decision overload is, mm-hmm. is basically what I took from, from this book and mm-hmm. the idea that we have in, in our society now, the equivalent of thousands of city newspapers in our brain that we're processing on a daily basis. We open up our phones in the morning and we're inundated with information mm-hmm. and we have to make thousands, maybe more than thousands of decisions on a daily basis. And that yeah. takes energy. Our neurons are, are constantly monitoring the environment to basically filter down which pieces of information are most useful for us in each moment. Mm-hmm. And over time, our, those filters have become really, really narrow. Whereas you have a dog's filter, they take everything in at once. And sometimes you can't even get the dog's attention because they're so enthralled in every single sense and smell. And right. Yeah, and sometimes so you true. can't even yeah. call all your dogs because they're so busy chasing down a scent, right? Right. Yeah. Um, so, so the humans have evolved to thrive in these very densely packed environments where their, their brains and their nervous systems too have like, I can only speak to the people in New York and myself, especially having to get my nervous system up to a certain level of, of thriving just to be able to, um, to function normally mm-hmm. with this idea of a decision overload. I'll, I'll share the quote because it's really funny and it kind of sets up this whole idea. So on, on page seven, if you're following along at home, <laughs> Daniel Levitin, a funny thing happened on the way to the 21st century. The plethora of information and the technologies that serve it changed the way we use our brains. And so with this idea that minds are inundated with information and becoming increasingly reliant on technology, it can be helpful for us to be able to take some of that brain power outside of our minds, but it can also be a downfall because we're just taking in that much more information on a daily basis. And our attention is, he says, the most essential function of any organism. No matter if you're a mammal or, you know, a snake or a worm or whatever, you your attention is survival. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's a resource. It's a finite resource that you can actually train and and try to to build up. And and we do that through various 
techniques, meditation, just uh, my, my husband really likes password systems like LastPass. That's, that can be a really amazing, you use it, yeah. Because we have narrow attention filters already, we're able to focus on multiple things at one time mm-hmm. instead of letting our minds just kind of run wild with any any thought that pops up, right? We think about the past, we, we dream about the future, we're reminiscing about, okay, how did I say that? What did it mean to that person when I said that thing? And, and that can drive us crazy sometimes, yeah, Anything right? but living in the present. Right. <laughs> I know you're a big proponent of, yes. of living in the now, right? Yes. You have that tattoo, I think. Yes. That says. Yeah. yeah. Well, that my tattoo's from uh, the Himalayan symbol for uh, being at peace with yourself, mm-hmm. so being present. Yeah. Yes, which yeah. exactly comes from that place of responding rather but than reacting. As I'm listening to you talk about all the, the, the decision-making that you have to make in a day, it really is incredible how many decisions we have to make. And and it seems to be a little bit more of a Western world problem more than it is uh, other cultures, I think. Because, mm-hmm. you know, even when you look at, you know, going into a grocery store and having to pick which cereal you're going to buy or which salad dressing you're going to pick, like there isn't two or three to pick from anymore. <laughs> it used to be in the old... It was, it was easy when I was young because right. it was only a couple of choices of things you pick this or you pick that I know. you know now now you know I remember hearing somebody talking about this and and about jeans you know we used to just go and buy a pair of jeans you didn't have to think about what style or whether they're you know skinny fit or mm-hmm. you know Flair. boot cut or flares <laughs> or whatever or elephant pants right oh god I'm aging myself now <laughs> the, the <laughs> those are the MC Hammer pants yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love those they were awesome it's overwhelming and and first of all having to to take the time and give the thought towards making the decision. I think two things come from this that may have be, may sort of fit in with what you're talking about. One is being paralyzed, mm-hmm. that there's just so many dis- choices that mm-hmm. you can't make a choice. Mm-hmm. And so you don't do anything or you keep putting it off over and over again because there's too many choices. And then even when you do make a choice, because there was so many choices, you're never satisfied because you think, oh, I could have, I got this, but oh, maybe that was a better choice. I should have done that. And then you can't, like in the old days when there was only one pair of, you know, pants to choose from, you know, if you didn't like them, then it was their fault because they only (laughs) gave you that one choice, right? Right. But if you had 20, 30, 40 choices and you made a choice and then you're not satisfied, it's your fault Mm -hmm. because you made the wrong choice. So now we start getting down on ourselves because, oh crap, I should have bought this other one. Mm -hmm. It becomes a big circle of Yeah, yeah, like you're in constant anxiety all the time over choices. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. And like we have some really high functioning humans on our planet, like CEOs in this world who this again, this this guy, Daniel Levitin, has interviewed several even presidents and CEOs of major firms like multinational corporations where he experiences their Zen, what he calls Zen like focus Mm -hmm. because they have, we're not all as lucky to have the, you know, the assistants and, you know, they're, they're basically, they're operating with external minds mm-hmm. taken on by other people in their lives that, you know, they have their security detail, their drivers, their assistant for, for one aspect of personal life an assistant for, you know, yes, legal yeah. work and assistant for everything in their lives. And so they're able to just be present, mm-hmm. just what you were saying, because they have people who are making those decisions for them. Like, how, okay, how am I going to get to this place uh, at this time? And then where do I go from there? And when do I, when do I cut off this conversation with this person because I need to move on to the next meeting? Mm -hmm. He kind of talks about how they don't have to 
think about that. They can just be so fully engrossed in a conversation without worrying about when it's going to end because they have someone else to tell them when, yeah. when it's time. Yeah. It sounds like that's something you could you could do for yourself, right? Like you're structuring your day. Absolutely. That, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that kind of leads us into some ideas for morning rituals and, okay. and how to set up the day but yeah. from the beginning. Yeah. And we're not all morning people, right? And and I know when I, I tell people my crazy daily routine, I get up about 90 minutes, sometimes more, before I actually have to leave the house for the day. Okay. Most people don't have that kind of time or don't think they have that kind mm-hmm. of time. That's more um, like it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to make the time. But yeah. I say to those people who aren't morning people and like to just roll out of bed, make their coffee and go, maybe start with 30 minutes additional or and then work up to that 90 minutes or maybe your your structure is at the end of the day. Yeah, I was just going to say, could you structure at the end of the day what you're going to do for the next day mm-hmm. so you don't have to if figure it out in the morning. Right, if you're a <laughs> night owl or in the middle of the day, if you want to have that nice long lunch and, and have your to-do lists yeah. um, done that way. Yeah, I'd love to share just the idea of structure. I mm-hmm. think that's, that's really important. Uh, I heard a great quote when I was when I was studying theater, through form, you can find freedom or creativity. And so that, that very loose form is, is kind of how I, I try to live most of my days, mm-hmm. just to, again, take a lot of that energy out of my neurons and use my prefrontal cortex for making higher powered decisions yeah. um, that will benefit me in the long term or, or that will benefit my present peaceful state of mind. Mm-hmm. One of those things I can kind of, do you want me to go through yeah. my morning, Let's hear your my daily routine? routine. We can, okay, yeah, cool. Share. And then I'd love to hear yours too. Sure. And there's some other, you know, basic tactics we can implement too, like the automatic payments and the password uh, savers. And so daily routines in general. Mm-hmm. So I start my day with, you know, I, I make the bed basically. First thing I, I do when I get up in the morning, I'll do a little bit of side bending because that always feels good and I, I asked my my homies back back in New York actually the the home team, <laughs> the home team yeah. I asked what they did in the morning too so I'll throw in some of those ideas but mm-hmm. I'll go through mine sure. first so I start every day you know make the bed and then I go and rinse my face brush my teeth and then I'll do my spine dance which is how I get my nervous system awake basically because it's it's challenging to get your move your body from laying horizontal you're warm and cozy especially when it's winter and you want to just lay in bed and it's dark right Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, the sun rises at eight o'clock <laughs> and you don't want to get up. So then you start moving your spine, basically. So my spine dance is, um, I can't show it, but it's basically moving your spine in every possible direction it can move mm. in every plane. And that I feel immediately awake. It takes like 20 seconds, maybe. Mm-hmm. It involves some rotation, some side bending, some um, movement on the, the vertical plane. Or So I'll show you sometime or I'll post a video. And, yeah, and yeah. That can, would be really share cool. share it as a video. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, and anyone can do it. I okay. mean, whether you have injuries or anything, you can make it gentle. You can involve props and it can be really fun. Sometimes my husband and I put on music in the morning, um, mantra music sometimes, and there's some funky mantra music I would recommend putting on that's kind of a little bit more accessible and, and secular. Some Sometimes just hearing those sacred sounds in the morning too gives me a lot of energy and and just mm-hmm. brings up that that sense of purpose too. Like oh maybe they're chanting the word peace. But there's there's this song that I've been digging really lately that's called Sacred Ground. I mm-hmm. know you'd love it, and it's oh, okay. by Kirtan Soul Revival. Okay, it's this um, kind of oh. new age um, Kirtan group, which is a, a sacred music group. But mm-hmm. they've they've woven in some influence from the Beatles and some modern instruments in addition to the traditional oh, harmonium fun. and 
all that good stuff. So we'll put on some music and do our spine dance. Okay. We'll do that. <laughs> that sounds good. We'll yeah. do that at, at uh, Christmas. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a family gathering around the fire. Yeah. So then from there I sit and do my, my, um, 10 to 30 minutes of meditation, usually 10 minimum mm-hmm. for me is what I find the optimal amount of time just to get my body settled and then drop in and then also kind of wake myself, my senses up out mm-hmm. of the meditation. So I set my timer on my phone. It's still on airplane mode, so no notifications go off. Lately, I've been doing a japa style meditation, which is with the mala beads or prayer beads mm-hmm. or the rosary, depending on on what you worship. And I just kind of go through my mantra and, and touch my, my thumb and my middle finger on each of those beads. It's 108 beads, so you just do one round and usually... I'll, I'll do a, a little bit of breath sensing beforehand, just kind of place a hand on my belly, one on my chest, and just kind of feel where my breath sits without trying to change it at all. Drop into that. Maybe that'll take two, three minutes, and then I'll go into my uh, mantra meditation. And by the end of that, usually the timer goes off and I just kind of rub my hands together and place them over my eyes and let the, the light just slowly kind of creep in through the fingers And then my eyes are open. Hopefully the sun has started to rise by then or the light has come on because my husband's making coffee and I'll drink it while I journal. Mm -hmm. I do three pages minimum every single day. And that's from The Artist's Way. It's another book that I picked up along the way through. That's an old book, actually. I had that. Yeah. When I, like in the 80s. Yeah. I I used that. Yeah. Yeah. Julia Cameron. Right. And I think she's released something more recently since Mm -hmm. then, a follow up. And she's got several workbooks, too. Mm -hmm. So I think the main thing I took from that book was the morning pages. And for me, it's just a way to sort of dump all of that subconscious psyche dream state stuff mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. onto a page and and just kind of start with a, a clean slate in the beginning of mm-hmm. the day. And once you get through the first page and a half of just complaints or like mundane, you know, tasks and to do's, then you start to notice after doing it for a couple days in a row or even a week or months in a row, um, you notice you'll start to have some some more insight mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm. morning and and it's cool to see that filter some of that like mind stuff or the chitta uh in as they say in sanskrit and yoga the stuff filter out mm-hmm. so after i i do my journaling i enjoy my coffee then i'll make some breakfast clean up and then take a shower sometimes if i have a long day where I, like i don't start any kind of activity until afternoon there's a a beautiful practice of abhyanga of, of self-massage with oil you start with dry brushing and, um, and then you oil your body before you shower. Mm -hmm. So the oil can seep into your body while the heat is on. Right. Yes. Yeah. And then I know you have, have a lot to say about heat and and cold and all that working with the body too. So I'd love to hear about that. And and when you try to position that through the day too, Mm -hmm. because sometimes I I won't have time to shower in the morning. The main things being just taking my time in the morning, you know, mm-hmm. taking, making that slow cup of coffee, enjoying it while I write and then um, eating after the coffee, mm-hmm. not with, because I find that the hot coffee and the hot oatmeal or just trying to, I find I drink it a lot faster mm-hmm. if I'm eating, mm-hmm. if I'm drinking it with food. Yeah. You're not savoring. Yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. That's my morning routine. And it sometimes it changes. I always consult a 
what I call my, my daily activity matrix. So mm-hmm. I have this journal or this planner I just picked up from Michael's. It's amazing. I, I gift it to as many people as I can and I recommend it. It's called the creative year planner. Oh, okay. And uh, I think it's still sold at Michael's or online. And, and it's got this kind of open format where it has, you know, you don't, it doesn't have the, the months populated or even the years. So you can kind of work at it at your own pace and and choose how you want to use it. It's very blank, but it has these structures. There's that that a theme again at the back of every month. And I call it a matrix because it looks like a grid mm-hmm. where you can write down every activity that you would want to see yourself accomplish in any given day or week, mm-hmm. or even activities you want to try to avoid in any given day or week. And you start to see trends in how your days go. And you can even make notes on your emotional state that day, your productivity levels that day, whether you were scrolling through Instagram a lot that day, clearly my check marks were really low because I was low motivation. And I'm sure there's been studies that show that, you know, having those, those daily check-in points or um, benchmarks, rather, you can start to see improvements in anxiety and and depression and ease some of those symptoms just from the chronic stress of 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 daily life and decision making right yeah because like you said it's overwhelming it really can be yeah yeah I always said I remember again I don't remember I saw it but I think it was a little cartoon or something of a fish in a fishbowl and they were using it to describe what it's like living in today's world with having too many decisions to make so you know back in the day my life might have been more like living in that single fishbowl where there was that we didn't have the like the, I think one of the big mantras of today is freedom freedom mm-hmm. of choice and freedom mm-hmm. to live your life the way you want to be and mm-hmm. be an individual and all that but the the price you pay is having all these um decision making processes now too much choice so the the you know a fish in a fishbowl has a limited life because it's just a glass bowl with water in it there's nothing else there mm-hmm. so that's too confining that's that not that he has no decisions to make because there's nothing to do in the bowl if it goes into a bigger aquarium where there's uh you know some plants and that little uh, sea diver guy with all the bubbles coming out and some <laughs> little caves and rocks and things and it's a bigger space then mm. it's cool that's a bit of an optimized containment of his world because now he can go and you know hide in the in in the rocks he can go pretend he's you know see if he can change his, his body by becoming a chameleon and blend with the colors of the plants around him uh, he can go and hang out in the bubbles and have it tickle his tummy and mm-hmm. so the, and he can go on a road a trip road trip around the edge of the thing like there's there's choices but there's not too many choices yeah because there's still a containment there mm-hmm. and then if you look at today's life for most people though it's like you know the fishbowl's been busted like you know there's you, you you can't even really function anymore because the walls are come down but there's so much choice that you can't you you can't live a life that's a happy life because there's it's that what you're talking about really is creating your own fishbowl uh, you know ch- you still have the choice of how you create your fishbowl but containment is really important having having borders and barriers at the edge of your world so mm-hmm. that so that you can reduce the amount of decision making and optimize yourself within that environment that you've created. So it's kind of neat because you still had the choice to create your environment, but you're living within a, a contained environment. I love that yeah. analogy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We should all be fish. We I know. Choose our own containers, right? Mm-hmm. And surroundings. Yeah. You get and that to pick which other fish you're in, in your bowl with Right. You. <laughs> That's another thing who you yeah. choose to surround yourself with, right? That's. Do you want to hear my morning ritual? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> when I get up, uh, well, first of all, I 
I sleep and make sure everything's really dark. Like mm. I make sure all lights out of my room so that I'm not influenced by light changes, especially, uh, you know, in the summer when it gets lighter earlier than I want to get up. So when I wake up, usually I wake up naturally. I do set an alarm in case I have a, you know, staying sleepy too long. But generally I wake up on my own. And the first thing I do is is I do an in-bed stretch, like just sort of stretching my, I got, I got really tight hamstrings and stuff. So mm. I do all these leg stretches and a bit of, of back work as well. Mm -hmm. I got to learn the back dance. So cause that yes. sounds way more fun what I do roll, so and rolling fun. around in my bed. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so I do a little stretch, get up. And like you, I, the first thing I do is make my bed. So it's all nice and neat for when I come back again at night. Cause it's, there's something really sumptuous about a bed that's all made up and you get in their sheets. I, I don't know. It's just nice getting in an unmade bed is ew, you know, yeah. it doesn't feel good. <laughs> so making the bed, then I, uh, as well, just going in, I, uh, I actually do the, that tongue, um, scraping. Ooh, yeah. Because uh, it gets all that stuff off your tongue from the night. It just feels really good to do that. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then just a quick brush and I uh, uh, that's it. Then I'm out, out and ready to do some, uh, a little bit more stretching. And then I sit, I do transcendental meditation. Mm -hmm. So it's usually around 20 minutes. It's not timed. You just do it. It always curiously ends up being around 20 minutes cool. when you come back out. But that's a place of, of no awareness. You know, mm -hmm. I just, I'm just sitting, you just sit in a chair with your hands on your lap and you just sit. Mm -hmm. Having done it for quite a while now, because I learned how to do it a couple of years ago, I find that it, it just, like you're just in, in, the, I'm in the land of nowhere. Like it's just, it's like being in outer space for mm -hmm. 20 minutes where there's just nothing. And it's so calming and restful. It just gets you in a great starting place in the morning, I find, to, mm -hmm. to come out of that nothingness and then you, you become present. At that point, I, I walk my dogs every day without mm -hmm. feel, no matter what the weather. So usually it's feeding the dogs next and then I go out on a walk. If it's cold outside, then I'll try and minimize what I'm wearing. So I'm experiencing a lot of cold when I'm walking and, and I'm breathing a lot and do a lot of breathing. I do a lot of yoga face exercises when I'm walking. Cool. <laughs> Or I just started doing A-E-I-O-U, but oh, really yeah. exaggerating them, you know, mm. A-E-I-O-U <laughs> and, and you exaggerate because you're exercising all your face muscles. Yes. Right? So it, it really feels good to do that. I've it been doing does. that a while. Stretching so. the skin and, and yeah. the tissues underneath it, just getting that blood yeah. flowing, right? My dogs think I'm nuts, but <laughs> I, I, I do, they're wondering what I'm talking about as I'm walking along. But also as I've, I've actually discussed on another podcast, podcast that the other thing I'm doing is I try and be the dogs like the like you were saying earlier the dogs are all into what's happening around them with the smells and the animals to chase and mm -hmm. all kinds of things so I keep trying to tune into them all the time because mm -hmm. it keeps me present when I'm walking because it's so easy to slip into thinking about oh I got to do this or I forgot to do that yesterday right so I try and make that a walking meditation of sorts and and a bit of exercise time and just really enjoying being there and, and experiencing seeing, you know, sunrise sometimes in the morning or whatever, just really being present to that mm -hmm. whole walk. And if it's not a uh, cold time of the year, then I always come back and have a cold shower. I don't use like soap or anything. I just have a really cold shower and that really, and I do the, the Wim Hof method. The Wim Hof method is, is just a very deep breathing process for 40 breaths, mm -hmm. really deep, deep, deep ones. Open and then, mouth, right? Yep. Yep. And then going in and having that cold shower mm -hmm. and it, 
Woo, like energizing. You are alive when yeah. you come out of there. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if I'm brave enough to do a full shower cold. I usually do like 30 seconds right at the end of my yeah. hot shower. And it, you're, yeah, yeah. You're, you can't help but take a deep breath in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't it. I don't have a shower. Like I don't wash my hair or anything like that. I just am mm-hmm. going in just to have the cold water mm-hmm. experience. You know, I don't journal per se unless like now I have written a lot and written a lot of poetry and stuff. I don't journal now unless I feel compelled to mm-hmm. and and it's not that I have it does it's not that something comes to mind that I want to write mm-hmm. it's that I'm compelled to sit down and pick up a pen and paper for some reason that mm-hmm. I don't know and every time I do that because even when I've been doing that in the, a couple of meditation classes I was taking last year every time I did it it was what I guess others describe as automatic writing I wrote it I just I just write and write and write and write sometimes it might be half a page sometimes it was pages of stuff sometimes mm-hmm. it was poetry mm-hmm. or poetic at least right. and then I'd, I'd finish writing and then I'd go back and read it and go, whoa, you know, like, I was like, I didn't even know what I, I don't even know where that came from. And I read it and I don't feel any emotion really. I just read it and go, oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. But then we often were asked (laughs) to share, right? And so when I, it's when I had to write it out loud to other people, Mm -hmm. then almost always this huge welling of emotion and I can barely get through it. I'm just weeping Mm -hmm. because of, you know, sometimes it might be for sad reasons, but not, not most, mostly no. And mostly just this deep emotional feeling about what was, what came out. Yeah. When you're trying to heal yourself emotionally, you can read about it, you can write about it, you can read it what you've written, but it doesn't shift until you say it out loud and not to yourself, but to someone else. It just shifts everything. Like all of a sudden, whatever it was that was there just comes pouring out. Like it's a release. Like weeping is such a great thing to do because it cleanses you like huge. And, and again, I found that unless you're sharing it with at least one other person, you actually don't shift the emotion. Right. Right. (laughs) That's exactly how I feel about, um, about mantra and and sound and sound therapy really too is, is exactly to that point. If you allow it, it touches you. And then what Mm -hmm. needs to come out does Mm -hmm. because you've allowed it in, right? Mm -hmm. So you're not, you've opened up to it. Yeah. It's vibrating outside of you and, and you're able to release some of that that stress and that emotion and then for planning for the day I don't sit and write a plan per se but it's I think it's more the night before I think I guess my night ritual is first of all my night ritual is to have something whether it's a warm shower or you know I'm lucky to have a a sauna Mm. so uh, having a sauna right before bed is awesome like just that deep warming inside your body oh and then just (laughs) going to bed afterwards it's like the best thing ever (laughs) it's like an internal blanket and uh, and a hug. But, but uh, <laughs> usually um, before the sauna, I just sort of make a sort of a checklist in my mind. I don't. Sometimes I write it down, but I just think about here's what I'm going to be doing tomorrow just so that I have a, a plan in my mind as to what I'm going to try and accomplish because I it's sort of like an in mind internal checklist, I guess. Then I have the sauna and then that, that deep warmth that I feel. Like I don't think about anything in the sauna. I don't meditate either. I just go in and feel. You're just actually I'm more feeling my body at that mm-hmm. point, more, yeah. more just sensing. being aware. And then going to bed and then just, I usually I just have no trouble. I just go to sleep. But if I feel a little bit edgy or something, then I use yoga nidra Mm. works really well for me to go to sleep. So it's a little bit more of a looser structure, but, but I know what, I know what my day is going to be and I'm not scrambling trying to do a lot of other things that, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, trying to fit in things that I forgot about and that sort of thing. So do you do a lot of meal prep too during the week or? No, 
No. Yeah. No. I find no, I, 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 no, <laughs> I, that takes up a I, lot of time. No, because I love cooking, people. but mm-hmm. I also, even if I'm going to have, you know, guests coming for dinner, mm-hmm. I don't usually think about it until lunchtime. Yeah. Oh, there's 10 people coming. What should I make? <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm defrosting things in hot water in the sink yeah, and stuff. Yeah, that's why and, that works. But it's, it's, it, that, that's just my nature because when I you know, was a landscape architect for 35 years and, and my design, it's like my creative mode, right? Because cooking is creativity. Mm-hmm. So it, it may be a bad habit that I created for myself, but I do my best when I'm under pressure. I, I don't feel pressured. I just like that feeling That's of having good. to make a decision and, and move through with something. And, and it's being very open to the whatever's going to flow in at that moment, mm. right? So if I'm designing someone's garden or I'm deciding what to cook for dinner, it's whatever moves me at that moment. And then it all just kind of flows down the funnel and in and away you go and you just do your thing and you're yep. still even... Like I don't use recipes or anything. You just grab what's ever there and throw mm-hmm. it all together. And it's a very relaxed mode for me being that way, even though I'm last minute. It, so to speak. It, that's good. It, it puts me but in that structure. Kind of, having a, a time limit is that form that, that kind yeah, of helps that's you my, oh, create. Oh, there you go. I've created my fishbowl for yep, cooking. Yep, by just by that. setting a timeline. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Sounds like a lot of discipline, but also a lot of creative freedom to just sort of shape how yeah. you want your day yeah, to, yeah. to be and, and, and pick up on what you're feeling. And that, mm-hmm. that intuition is what we need to trust. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everybody's so different, you know, personality wise and the things that make them feel happy and in control of their life and that sort of thing. So I think that's important that we're sharing all these different ideas because you kind of have to build your own fishbowl, right? Absolutely. So you have to make it suit what you want, like not following what you do specifically or what I do specifically, but exploring all the things that are going to allow you to structure your life and, and remove, you know, really countless decisions that you you would otherwise have to make. If, mm-hmm. you've, if you've structured it this way, you kind of know what your day is going to be, how it's yeah. going to start, how it's going to run and how it's going to end. Well, thank you very much, Lily, for thank coming you. and speaking to us about this today and My pleasure. Uh, allowing us to share each other's ideas yeah, of, of how fun. to have a morning ritual or we called it morning ritual, but it really it's just rituals period right yeah. so that you can live a you know a happy balanced day mm-hmm. yeah get over the decision overload that's no excuse exactly. we can all find balance <laughs> and we have lots of tools so yeah. we'll share some hopefully too oh yes yeah, more online. to come in the future great <laughs> thanks, thanks Lynn. Lily if you want more information on what was talked about on today's show you can head over to the show page at deadsetonliving.com Be sure to subscribe to the Dead Set on Living podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. That way you'll always be up to date whenever a new episode is released. As a listener, you are vital to the success of our show. By leaving a rating and review, you'll help us reach more people and continue to put out kick-ass content. Also, every time you leave a rating or review, a fairy in the forest will get its wings. But seriously, what you think is important to us and to the growth of our show. Until next time, live life and be well.